Chase did a phenomenal job tonight. He controlled what he could control, took shots when he needed to take shots, and I don't think I ever saw him bad enough. There was no bad body language. There was no nothing negative, no matter what situation I saw tonight. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. last night tonight yeah i stayed up for that we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about that that was all not for nothing i stayed up late to watch a meaningless college football game and had fun but yeah we're we're gonna talk about that tonight don't worry we're also gonna talk packers mike clements is gonna be here a lot of matt lafleur things i want to discuss tonight however first uh really quickly we'd be remiss to not mention some breaking news today uh the raiders are benching Derek carr and they're going to start Jared Stidham. You're like, oh, that's a name that I know. Yeah, he was with the Patriots. A cup of coffee with the Patriots. Started a couple games or played a little bit. We thought maybe he was the heir apparent to Tom Brady. Uh, and now Derek Carr is benched. I don't really care about Derek Carr or the Raiders, except Devontae Adams is there. And I just wonder, you know, so he went from Hall of Famer and Aaron Rodgers to Hall of Famer and Derek Carr. Is Jared Stidham a Hall of Famer or just a Pro Bowler? You know, going to a Hall of Famer to Pro Bowler would be a step down. I, You know, it's going to be a difficult adjustment for the guy. I don't mean to dance on the grave of Devontae Adams. I just, I don't know. You start looking for greener pastures, folks. Sometimes you don't, you don't find greener pastures. Sometimes you find a swamp. Or sometimes you uh, find some ratty thickets. I, I don't know. I'm not a geology book. Not a not a science book. Sometimes you look for greener pastures and you don't find any, right? Sometimes the the grass that you're standing on is the greenest grass around. And I just wonder if Derek Carr and, and Devontae Adams aren't thinking, well, shoot, <laughs> this did not go like we planned. Uh, Jarrett Stidham, your starting quarterback for the Raiders. Jarrett Stidham, you are a Las Vegas Raider, and Derek Carr, you are not. Devontae Adams, you are not. A Green Bay Packer anymore. I wonder if playing in irrelevance in Vegas is is fun. He's closer to home though. Whatever. I I don't know. I have a hard time buying into that. Well, I wanted to be closer to home. Man, you, you play football 18 weeks a year, 17 games, and that's it. If you're a member of the Raiders, because Lord knows you're not making the playoffs. Anyways, rant over. Let's talk about the things that matter. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I hope you've had. An outstanding day. Not to be that guy that talks about the weather to begin the show, although there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it was like 35, 40 degrees today. It felt like summer. It felt like a spring day. I could have worn shorts to work today. How lovely is this? We are the world. This is great. After being five degrees, six degrees over the weekend. God, it was painful. I was drinking with some buddies in my hometown on Sunday night, and we were walking bar to bar, and it was just painful. Just painful existing. I saw Eric Eager tweet the other day, and we talked to Eric last week. He's at home up in the Twin Cities. He resides in Cincinnati where he worked at Pro Football Focus. Now he's with Sumer Sports, and I saw him tweet last night. I've been in Minnesota a a long enough length of time now where 15 degrees and no wind is not so bad. I was like, yeah, that tracks. That's relatable. So I hope you've enjoyed your day today, and go for a walk. It's nice outside. Mike Clemens is here at 530, and at 430, 
man, do I have a Matt LaFleur question, a Matt LaFleur topic that's going to rock your world. So we're going to talk Matt LaFleur and coaching at 4.30. Looking forward to that. 608-796-2558 if you'd like to join the show on the phone. Either a call or a text will do. And I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. I want to start with last night. The guaranteed rate bowl at Chase Field. Uh, it looked just terrible, did it not? I mean, it, it looked like the worst thing in the world. It looked terrible. Well, it looked like exactly what you'd expect a football game to look like if it was played at a baseball stadium. And I, look, I, I don't have anything against Chase Field. I don't have anything against the Diamondbacks. In fact, I feel like if I wasn't a Brewers fan, maybe I'd be a Diamondbacks fan. They kind of feel like the the wacky out west cousin of the Brewers. I'm just drawn to teams that are hopeless and crummy. And Chase Field is very similar to Miller Park. It's almost a sibling ballpark, a brother ballpark, if you will. And I I, I don't mean that in the best way. We love American Family Field because it's ours. Chase Field is. Uh, that ain't it. Of all the baseball stadiums to play a football game, and I, that one would not be high on my list. It didn't start until 930. I turned on ESPN last night after I looked up the Badger game, and I said, hey, well, actually... I got an Alexa for my parents for Christmas. So I said, hey, Alexa, what station is the guaranteed rate bowl on? And Alexa said, oh, boy, this is going to be a fun night. Actually, she didn't say that. She said ESPN. So I turned on ESPN, and the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl was on, and it was in the third quarter as of about 8.50 p.m. And I said, oh, God, what am I in for tonight? Not that they weren't going to start the bad. It's not like they were going to start until 10. Uh, or they weren't going to wait to start the Badger game until 10. But if this game, a game between Coastal Carolina and Eastern Carolina, was that it? The Shants versus the Pirates or something like that? If this game's going over by 45 minutes, how long is the Badger game going to take? Oh, no. The Ticket Smarter. I didn't even know Ticket Smarter was a thing. I guess that's good marketing. A few thoughts on bowl games in general before we talk about the Badgers 24 to 17 win. And before we talk about the chase wolf experience, which is a good band name. I call dibs. Our college football commercial breaks like five minutes long. Has anyone ever timed them out? They feel like they're seven minutes long. Bowl games feel like an infomercial. They're separated here and there by a little bit of football. This is a little bit of an old man complaint, but I think it's a valid one. And I think it's a complaint that we all share. I saw Ben Kenny tweeting about it last night. And if Ben Kenny's tweeting about something college football related, I feel like, all right, it's a good baseline. It's good. He knows what's up. Yeah. The commercial breaks felt like they were five, seven minutes long, and they were doing the classic commercial kickoff commercial. No, 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 no. I don't accept this. This is why going to Badgers games is not my favorite thing in the world. You sit around more than you watch actual football. Last night, I'm sitting at home. You know, the media man that I am. I'm wondering, how does ESPN sell this much inventory for a game that's ass? It's the guaranteed rate bull between the 7-6 and six Badgers and now the 7-6 and six Oklahoma State Cowboys. I guess the Badgers were 6-6 six and six at the time, and Oklahoma State, they were 7-5. and five. <laughs> Huge difference. Never mind. Never mind. 7-6 and six doesn't begin to tell the story of these two teams. My bad. I want to make sure I get those records right. They're slightly below or above 500. That's what you need to know. This game... Has no intrigue. It means nothing. Nobody knows who's coaching or who's playing. And it's on a Tuesday at 925 p.m. And yet ESPN's got this thing sold wall to wall. Five minute commercial breaks. I tried to imagine what the sales meeting was like today. When I was in the shower this morning, I was trying to role play. If I was an ESPN sales executive, I'm working for Disney and I'm peddling airtime during the guaranteed rate bull to a client. Well, what would I say? And I think I got it. 
I think I understand why they can actually sell these games. So I'm going to role play a sales meeting. Uh, I will play the sales rep. Well, I'm the only one here. I'm going to play both parts. But I will be a, uh, a sales rep from ESPN Disney, and I will talk to the other character that I will play. Let's say I'm a, a rep from uh, Lando Lakes Butter, and I'm looking to sell some time, looking to buy some advertising. So I, I come into the office, uh, and let's say that I've been given a budget for holiday advertising. I say, oh, hello, welcome. I sell advertisements for ESPN and Disney. Uh, I see that you have a budget for holiday advertising. I think I have just the thing for you. Uh, It's a package centered around the guaranteed rate bull. I will sell you 30-second advertisements, one in each quarter, uh, throughout the game. The game is Tuesday night at 925 Central Time. That's what I think, Lando Lake's butter. I think that's what you should sell. And then the the other guy would go, well, uh pretty late he said 925 i don't know who's this game between i i I don't i don't even know a single player on either team what do you mean now back to the other guy back put my feet up on the desk yeah uh no (laughs) but i mean both teams are terrible i mean come come to think of it which who's wisconsin playing again tulsa tulane oh yeah oklahoma state yep it's oklahoma state it's mike gundy versus uh paul paul christ Gary Anderson is he? Be- oh, uh, Jim Leonard. Oh, but but Luke Fick. Yeah, it's a it's a two it's a twofer. So it's it's Fickle and Leonard and the Badgers. Uh, they're six and six, and the Oklahoma State. You know, Mike Gundy. The and I'm a man. I'm forty. They're seven and five. Yeah, that's that's the game. Wait, you can't you can't even remember the teams that are playing. Why would I advertise on this? <laughs> Why would you advertise it? Because people are gonna watch it. They have no choice. These miserable bastards have nothing better to do. They have to watch this game. They don't want to, but they have to. They'll actively talk about how bad this game is and complain about it for days. But they'll be there watching the entire time. They have to. Their team is in a bowl game, and that matters for for some reason. God, this this is a great system, right? And then the Land O'Lakes butter up and go, well, I guess guess I never thought of it that way. And back to to the other guy. Well, yeah, you probably didn't. You're a butter man. I'm an ad man. That's why why I'm here. And for, for folks like us in the ad business... At ESPN, bowl games were the best invention since sliced bread. <laughs> and then we'd laugh because he's in butter and, you know, you know it's the joke. I thought that was clever. What a, what a brilliant system ESPN has come up with. They, they create dozens of meaningless bowls that don't mean anything. Nobody important plays in any of them. And us miserable fans have to watch because it's the bowl game. We don't want to. It doesn't have to be good. It's not good. But they know that we're all stuck. We're a captive audience. They just peddle advertisements for five, six, seven minutes on end. <sighs> so, yeah, I, I don't know why I was thinking about the advertising dynamics of the guaranteed rate bowl that the Badgers won 24 to 17. We got this really weird dynamic between Jim Leonard and Luke Fickle. We're like, I didn't really see shots of Jim Leonard throughout the game, but I saw a lot of shots of Luke Fickle. And Luke Fickle kind of reminded me of when I'd go to house parties in college and I would get lost and my friends are gone. So I'd, I'd be like milling around, but I don't want to look like I'm lost. Like I want to look like I belong. So I'm just kind of staying, you know, drinking my hand. <laughs> I love this song. I don't know the song. That's what Luke Fickle looked like. He's like, I'm just going to stand here and look like I know what's going on. And I'm going to wear a headset uh, and I'm going to look like I'm listening to something and I'm going to pace. That's what it looked like. He looked very uncomfortable. This whole thing was very uncomfortable. And we got this weird moment from Mike Gundy in the post-game presser where a reporter's like, oh, disappointing year. Are you thinking of making any changes? And Mike Gundy said, don't be an ass. Okay, Jesus, sorry. 
sorry, just doing my job. Doing my job here. OAN Mike Gundy. Right wing Gundy. Anyways, let's talk about Chase Wolf. What a roller coaster. Wow. The game started out disaster. I guarantee everyone listening to this right now, if you watch last night's game, when Chase Wolf threw that first interception, you turned to a loved one who watched next to you. You texted a friend. You messaged your group chat and you said, This guy sucks. It's like, oh God. How many hours of this do we got to do? We're going to be up until when watching this guy? Game started as a disaster. Then for a quarter, he looked like the best quarterback I've ever seen play for the Badgers. And then after halftime, he just looked kind of mid. That was the Chase Wolf experience. The Chase Wolf roller coaster. Made some wild uh, uh, arm angle throws where he's throwing out a different arm slots, sidearm, whipping it confidently. I saw the tweets last night that are my favorite where it's like, if Patrick Mahomes did this, the media would talk about it for a week. But it's Chase Wolf, so nobody does. People say that about Matthew Stafford. People, people say that about every quarterback. Most quarterbacks these days are throwing with cool arm angles. Chase Wolf did look the part. He looked confident. He slung it. He really did. And Luke Pickle talked about that after the game. He's like, hey, he never stopped. Even after the first interception, I never saw him waver. And why would he waver? This game means nothing. If there was ever a chance to just sling it with no repercussions, this was his chance. The game didn't mean it. That's why these games are actually kind of fun. If you love college football just because it's college football and you love the spectacle of it and you love the weird, wacky tendencies of college football, bowl games are actually awesome because you lift basically all of the rules. You lift all of the stakes. Every kick returner, bring it out 10 yards deep in the end zone. Why not? Fake punt in your own territory. What difference does it make? The game's at a baseball stadium in Phoenix and everyone's watching. Hey, I don't care. They're watching anyways. Run that lateral play call that double triple reverse that flea flicker why not it's actually kind of fun and chase wolf leaned into that a little bit was taking deep shots chase wolf actually threw a couple really nice deep balls and Keontes lewis and some of these other wide receivers just couldn't pull it in now i'm not saying they dropped it they didn't drop it like john torchio dropped an easy pick six i was mad when that happened i'm like oh god i gotta stay up and watch this But some of these wide receivers, Keontes Lewis and others, had really good opportunities to pull in deep passes, and they just couldn't do it. And I heard Mr. Ben Kenny, our guy on the zone this morning, he made a really good point. Those are the types of plays that are going to need to be made in a Phil Longo offense because they're going to sling the rock all over the place. And not everybody's going to be wide open all the time. They're going to be these 50-50 balls that are big swings, home run swings, trying to create a deep play, trying to create a a big play, a big explosive play. And the Badgers are going to need wide receivers that can come down with some of, not all, but some of those passes. And last night, they didn't come down with any of them. And I thought that was a really good point by Ben Kenny this morning. So just file that away, put it in the back of your mind. You might come back to that point in the future. The Badgers are going to need to get wide receivers that can make plays like that. And Skylar Bell... Or, uh, or uh, not Skyler, not Skyler Bell. Who am I thinking of? The other guy, Keontes Lewis. Keontes Lewis. They're going to need wide receivers that can go up and make those plays next year. Otherwise, the air raid is, uh, well, it's not going to be the air raid. It's just going to stink. <laughs> Coming up next, I want to talk about the quarterback position in 2023. Because I'm willing to get nuts and talk about how this is suddenly Chase Wolf's job to lose. He said after the game last night, I'm coming back. I don't know when he made that decision. Part of me feels like he made it at the end of last night's game. Why not? I'll come back. Do this for another year. Hell yeah. I feel like maybe this is 
becoming Chase Wolf's quarterback job to lose. Let's talk about that coming up next. Your calls on Chase Wolf and the Chase Wolf experience. 608-796-2558. You can find me on Twitter as well, at Wisco Grant. Let's talk Chase Wolf coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, my name is Grant Bills. We're talking about the guaranteed rate bowl. This is the Wisco Sports Show presented by Guaranteed Rate. I love the CEO commercials during these bowl games. It's more of a spectacle than anything else. Like the parts of the game that I enjoyed last night, other than the fast and loose, reckless, you know, no stakes gameplay. Don't get me wrong. And Chase Wolf slinging it. That was a blast. But I love the CEO commercials. I love the the weird parts of the broadcast where like they're showing J.J. Watt tweets from a month ago because if J.J. Watt doesn't tweet about it, it's not really happening. I'm not sure that this show really exists because I haven't seen J.J. Watt tweet about it. I think it might be a simulation. Right. Also, the broadcast crew, eh, you know, we had mixed feelings on that. I, I saw the tweets from Badgers fans last night. I feel like that wasn't our favorite broadcast crew. At one point, though, they did show on the broadcast, and I appreciate this, the 2001 World Champions pennant at Chase Field, uh, which, of course, was won by our guy, my guy, the show's guy, Craig Council. So I did appreciate that. A lot of weird, wacky things happened in the game last night. Most notably, Chase Wolf lighting the game on fire for about a quarter and a half after starting terribly and finishing averagely. He did have a stretch where he looked kind of like him. He looked the way he played like him. He looked like maybe the Badger quarterback of the future, dare I say. And that's what I want to talk about. 608-796-2558. If you want to call or text the show, and I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Rory tweets in. He says, are you willing to join the Wolf Pack when Chase Wolf balls out next year? with the air raid offense. I feel like I'm already in the wolf pack. I feel like this might be, as of this moment, Chase Wolf's job to lose. I'll, I'll throw it out. I will be brave enough to ask the question, right? I didn't hear much of Bill's show today. The part that I did hear, it was him and Ben talking about toilet paper. I assume that they did pose this question. I heard a little bit of over the line this morning. I'm assuming they posed this question, but I don't know. I'm not breaking new ground here, but I... I feel like as of last night, and Chase Wolf said after the game, I'm coming back for one more year. I feel like maybe that this is Chase Wolf's job to lose. I know they brought in Nick Evers, and that's great. Great. We, we're, we're getting national acclaim. Guys are looking at Wisconsin as a possible transfer destination. I, I love that. Don't get me wrong. I am oh, I'm not poo-pooing the Nick Evers edition. But Nick Evers is a freshman. Nick Evers is really raw. He's really green. And I don't know if he's maybe the guy who starts next year. Now, maybe he is. Maybe he comes into camp and he lights it on fire. He looks great in spring ball and he wins a quarterback competition. But I don't think it's completely wrong to say that there will be a quarterback competition. I tweeted this out today at Wisco Grant. Is this Chase Wolf's job to lose in 2023? I'll read you some replies. Mike in Windsor said absolutely not. His play, although fun to watch last night, is sloppy and needs major attention. Evers is the clear choice. We don't know that Evers is the clear choice. You don't know that. We can't know. He's never played a snap of college football. I don't mean to defer to my Badger counterparts on this network, but 
hey, I'm all for deferring. I'm Mr. Deference here, if that's a word. If I was the president, I, I would hardly make any decisions of my own. I would just pass it off to my lackeys in my cabinet. What is my what does my education secretary say on education? Boom, that's my expert. I would defer everything. So I have no problem deferring. I can play off the ball. I can be a pass-first player. I listened to Zach Heilpern. I listened to Ben Kenny. Kenny and Heilpern was great last night. I heard repeatedly on Nick Evers. Love it. Love the get. Love the attention. Love the hype. Great for the program. But I don't know if the Badgers quarterback position, the quarterback room, is in a great spot if he's the starter in 2023. Well, I saw a guy last night who seems competent in the very least, can sling it, little moxie, can change up the arm angles a little bit. I don't really know if that's the end-all be-all of quarterbacking, but television broadcasters make it seem that way in 2022. So that's all the play-by-play and color commentators talk about in the NFL. Look at these arm angles. Oh, oh, Mike, look at this arm angle. Look at this. You never used to see guys do this right here. That's my best Collinsworth. We get a tweet from Taylor and Franklin. He says, Nick Evers wasn't brought in to lose out to sixth-year pro Chase Wolf, but I guess you never know. Here's the thing. If Nick Evers comes in and looks great, okay, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But if we're establishing a hierarchy and a precedent, I feel like as of this moment, Chase Wolf is the guy, and Nick Evers has to supplant him. A good old-fashioned quarterback competition. I want to have a quarterback competition. We didn't have an honest-to-goodness quarterback competition the last two years because I think Wisconsin was really scared of, you know, given Graham Mertz frustrations with the program and maybe leading him to transfer when, in the end, Wisconsin was probably begging him to transfer after that Minnesota game. And it probably worked out that that transfer was good for everybody, right? Scott on the Prairie tweets in and says, doesn't that depend on Fickle's offensive scheme? He likes mobile quarterbacks in the past. Yeah, yeah. Although... I believe Luke Fickle said after the game last night uh, that Chase Wolf is a little bit more mobile than he, he you'd be led to believe. That seems to be coded speak uh, in the same family as sneaky athletic. So I don't know if that's his way of saying he is white and doesn't look athletic, but he can move a little. But then again, our baseline for Wisconsin quarterbacks, Alex Hornibrook. I, I don't know if I've ever run, seen a human being run slower. I like... He had knee braces on top of his knee braces. He, I'm pretty sure he had cankles. I don't know if he, I don't know if he knew how to run. I don't know if he had ever ran before. That's how, that's how I, like, you know, when you're in a dream and you're having a bad dream and there's a monster chasing and you literally can't get your legs to, like, you can't run like you're stuck in quicksand. That's Alex Hornibrook all of the time, not just in his dreams, but that, that was him as a quarterback. And Graham Mertz, much of the same. Graham Mertz wasn't as bad, but Graham Mertz had no athleticism. He had no mobility. He wasn't quick. He had the big fat knee braces, the big clunky shoot, and nothing looked smooth or fast or clean. Graham Mertz loved to take off and run and get his clock cleaned every time. I've never seen a quarterback run with less awareness of when he's about to be leveled. Now, he would never pick up a first down as a result. That was the other thing frustrating about Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz on third and six would take off. He'd run for four or five yards and get smoked. It's like, well, dude, if you're going to get smoked, can you, can you at least get to the marker? Smell it! Smell it, Graham. Just a little bit. Pick up the first down. God's sake. So, I, I look, to get back to your comment, Scott, and your tweet at Wisco Grant, like, anybody is more mobile than what we've had in the past. So, we're making a mobility upgrade no matter who the quarterback is in 2023. Brian says, no, not that good. Throws like a high schooler. Hey, that's what I would. We like guys that can go off schedule, throw with some weird arm angles. I also don't know what throws like a high schooler means. 
Does that just mean crummy? It, yeah. I mean, he's looked terrible against Minnesota, but that wasn't a fair shake. He looked pretty decent in stretches last night. And Fickle Pickle <laughs> tweets, God, no, he's not that good. Burkett or Evers better be the starter. What is with the Miles Burkett crowd? I might become anti-Miles Burkett because people keep clamoring for this guy, and I just, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it because he's mobile. Well, if you just want a guy who can run, then go Evers. My point is I don't think the Badgers are just going to hand over the keys to the car to Evers next year like maybe they would have two or three years ago or like they did with Graham Mertz. From the moment Graham Mertz got to campus, it's your job, man. You know, whether you play good or not, we're not going to mess with it. I don't think the Badgers should take that approach. Got to keep bringing in quarterbacks, promoting good, healthy competition. I want guys transferring out of Wisconsin because they can't get on the field. I want good quarterbacks going elsewhere looking to get time because they can't crack through. That's how deep and great Wisconsin's quarterback room is. That's the goal. Evers is a part of that. I don't know if he's the part of it and the guy to start in 2023. Who knows? Maybe it's Chase Wolf's job to lose. Maybe I'm being nuts. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the guaranteed rate bull high that I'm carrying throughout my day-to-day. Probably a combination of all. 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text the show. Twitter at Wisco Grant. I have a Matt LaFleur take that's going to knock your socks off. And if you're like me, you probably have nice, fresh, new socks on because uh, of Christmas. Is there, There's nothing better than wearing nice new socks. If I was rich, I'd never wear a pair of socks twice. I know that's not sustainable. I donate them, you know, to poor people. Poor people can wear socks more than once. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> Let's talk about LaFleur next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills mike clemens in an hour we're on a wednesday friday schedule with mike this week something a little wacky a little weird fun we'll talk we'll talk packers vikings and get his thoughts on packers dolphins as well because we haven't talked to mike yet this week he's coming up in an hour 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text the show and i'm on twitter at wisco grant guaranteed rate bull Talked about that for the first half hour of the show. We will come back to it. Oh, oh no, we're not we're not done with the guaranteed rate poll. And I wish I had six hours tonight instead of just two. So much to say about the great game in a beautiful venue that was well produced and the production value is great. And I will certainly remember that game and tell my kids about it one day. I wanna <laughs> I wanna talk about the Packers. So last night when the show was done and I'm wrapping up at work and I'm getting ready to leave. I was listening to Kenny and Heilprin, naturally, as I do. I hope you do too. Every Tuesday night, that's what I'm doing. My grandma tried to call me and said, Grandma, shut up. I know you're 88, 80, 87, 88. I don't have time for you. I, Kenny and Heilprin, Tuesday night. Call me another time. Getting ready for the bowl game. Previewing. That's not true, by the way. I would take my grandma's call. So I'm listening to Kenny and Heilprin. And then after that, I switched over to CBS Sports Radio because our friend Bart Winkler was hosting for Gelb. My, my, my. What a night on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Anyways. He was talking to Steve Sparky Pfeiffer from The Fan, and he straight up asked Sparky. They're talking about the Packers. Straight up asked him, you think Matt LaFleur is a good coach? Man, have we really got to that point where we're questioning whether or not Matt LaFleur is a good coach? Because, you know, we bitched about him all year. We've bemoaned Matt LaFleur for weeks. This and that, and the travel, going to London, and the game plan, and looks like he's crying on the sideline, and he can't pick a good coordinator, and he can't set his offensive line, and doesn't use Aaron Jones enough and 
this, that, the other thing, had Keyshawn Nixon bench for the entire year, you know, so on and so forth. Those are the trees, right? The trees are all the little complaints that we have about Matt LaFleur. The forest is the question whether or not Matt LaFleur is a good coach, right? So forget all the trees. Forget about all the little complaints. Let's zoom way out. Let's talk about this thing big picture. Whether or not Matt LaFleur is a good coach. When you have to answer yes or no, you start to really consider some things. It's fun to complain about the travel to London. It's fun to make fun of him for keeping Keyshawn Nixon on the bench all season. But you know, forget the little things. Let's go big picture. Do you think Matt LaFleur is a good coach? Because everyone complains about their parents. Oh, mom won't let me go to the you know, pep rally bonfire thing. That's from a Brad Paisley song. That never happened to me. I don't know why that's where my mind first went. You know, everyone complains about their parents, these little things. But most people still love their parents, think you have good parents. You just find little things to complain about, despite, in the grand scheme of things, having it pretty good, right? Just like with our football coach. You know, Chiefs fans complain about Andy Reid. Great coach, but Chiefs fans are like, oh, man, he can't manage a clock. Okay, well, he's still Andy Reid. You, you got a pretty good. Oh, my mom won't let me stay at my friend's house until midnight to play League of Legends. Yeah, well, she's letting you stay until 10. You know, she involved in your education. You know, pays for the car that you're driving, you know, so on and so forth. You get my point, right? I still think Matt LaFleur, like I think my parents, very good parents. I think Matt LaFleur is a very good coach, but I'm also a very patient, forgiving, uh, very, very empathetic person. I don't know if you know that you probably get this sense from me every night from four to six. I believe in many things that I've never seen. I give folks the benefit of the doubt. I, I, I like to believe in things, even if maybe I don't see the evidence in front of me because this season we haven't seen much evidence to indicate that Matt LaFleur is an elite coach if you started your NFL life in week one watching this Packers game knowing what we know Aaron Rodgers all-time great all these resources going into the defense you'd look at this defense this Matt LaFleur guy he ain't any good this team was four and eight at one point this guy he's not a good coach look at all the gaffes he's made this year well this year yeah this year we haven't seen much to indicate that Matt LaFleur is an elite coach or even a really good coach. It's just seemed pretty mid to, to below mid to kind of crummy. They haven't seen much this year to indicate and to show to us that Matt LaFleur is an elite coach. However, I can't think of a better opportunity for Matt LaFleur to strut his stuff and prove to us that he is a great coach. I can't think of a better opportunity than this week and maybe next week. We'll see how this week goes. Think about it, okay? Think. Let's let's break it down. For weeks, you got your quarterback Aaron Rodgers preaching. Well, if we just get one, you know, if we just get a couple of these, if we just if we just see a little daylight, I think everything changes for this team. And we got the quarterback and others on the team preaching. Well, we're not out of it yet. We're not out of it. We're not mathematically eliminated. Brian Gutekind said we're not out of it yet. We still got a chance at a record of four and eight. You were saying, ah, if we just get one, if we just you know, if things just start to go our way, we're not out of it yet. We're not. We're not out. Well, they got that one win. Actually, they have three. They've won three in a row, and all of the other things that have needed to happen have happened. Things have started to go the way of this team, and everything that we've asked for, we've started to get. Everything that the quarterback has been clamoring for, we've gotten. Everything that the team has asked for publicly and hoped for publicly, all those things have happened. We've gotten everything we've needed the last month. How will Matt LaFleur respond to that? How will Matt LaFleur's team respond to that? How does the team handle this week? 
And how does the team handle this weekend? Because a good coach, a great coach, would use these circumstances, use everything that's happened over the last two weeks, both in the Packers locker room and around the NFL. A good coach would use these circumstances to sharpen his team, bring everyone together. Everyone becomes more focused, becomes more intense. Everyone rallies and plays their best ball knowing that, man, things have finally started to go our way. We're finally looking like the team that we think that we can be. We're finally becoming the team that we were expected to be. And the commanders are throwing us a bone and the Giants are throwing us a bone and the Seahawks are throwing us a bone. Everything is coming up Green Bay. Here's our opportunity. Let's dial in. Let's lock in. Let's rally around each other and let's play our best ball at the right time. That's what a good coach would do. That's what a good team, an organized team, a well-coached, well-buttoned-up team, that's how that team would behave this week. Now, an immature coach and an immaturely coached team would start to get stars in their eyes. Oh, boy. Look look, look around the league. Everything's working. Look at this, guys. It's, It's actually working out. And that team would start to feel themselves a little pump out their chest. Look at us. We're hot. Nobody wants to play us. Well, you're you're seven and eight. An immature team and an immature coach would start looking ahead. Start looking at the standings. Start watching the scoreboard and really focusing on, you know, if we get into the playoffs, if this, then that. If this, then that. If we do this, then maybe this. An immaturely coached team would lose sight of the task at hand. I think we're at a crossroads, at least for this season with Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur this week has an amazing opportunity to grab a hold of this team, bring everyone together, focus everyone, make everyone more intense, and bring all everyone together, start rowing in the right direction at the right time. To say, hey guys, we played like crap. I coached like crap for the first couple of weeks of the season. We couldn't get anything going. Nothing was going our way. We were getting unlucky. We were four and eight. We were down bad. And the football gods, the scheduling gods, have helped us out. And here we are at seven and eight with everything in front of us. What's Matt LaFleur going to do with that? What are the Packers going to do with that? Because a well-coached team, a hard team, a, a focused team, an intense team, a team of grown men would take these circumstances and use it. And it would be obvious to me, like, man, this team's playing with a different edge. This team's playing with a different swagger. They're hitting harder. They're running faster. They're covering better. They're blocking stride. Everything's better. Or a poorly coached team would get loose, start to laugh and joke, start to feel themselves, and then show up like a wet fart this Sunday against the Vikings. So I know Matt LaFleur has not looked like a great coach this year. We don't have many examples of elite coaching, good coaching for Matt LaFleur. But this week is such a huge opportunity, and I'm very interested to see what Matt LaFleur does with it. Very interested to see what his assistant coaches do with it, what his players do with it. But in the end, Matt LaFleur is the voice that speaks to the team. He's the guy that sets the tone for the team. I'm very interested to see how Matt LaFleur takes this opportunity that his team has been given. 608-796-2558. Jared and DeForest says, I think his December record is a good indicator that he is a good coach. Winning all those games mean he's gotten his teams into form when it matters most and can beat other teams when they are rounding into form as well. Winning meaningful games is a big pro in his favor. Um, Let's think. Well, when I think back to December of last year, I think of the Ravens game, which did not impress me. I started 
waving some red flags last year after the Ravens game. I said, look, they they had to do a couple of things in this game. They had to cover Mark Andrews and keep him from, from smoking them, and he did not. It's like, oh, Mark Andrews is good. No, no one told us. <laughs> that, that part of the film must have got lost. There must have been a little, a little uh, on the film, there must have been a sunspot in the middle of the field where Mark Andrews is really good. Must have missed that. That was a huge red flag. And I remember after the Ravens game and after the Browns game, talking about how this offense disappears when it's needed most. Right? Disappears when they have an opportunity to put the game away. They'll get up 10 points. They'll get up 13 points. They need one big drive to slam the door, and they never have had it under Matt LaFleur. They didn't have it in 2019, although that team was a little different. But in 2020, go back and look against the Bucks When they had a chance with the ball to define a game with a drive, whether it be to come from behind and take a lead or to have a lead and slam the door, they could never do it. And they couldn't do it against the Ravens last year. Hector Nana just texted in. Hector Nana Alaska, you're a Ravens fan. You know exactly what I'm talking about. They couldn't do it against the Browns where they got out to a lead and they almost lost to Baker Mayfield. So I think of the December games last year, and those were a little fluky, Jared. When you have a small sample size of three seasons and you have an MVP quarterback for two of those seasons, your December record is going to be pretty good. We could go back and do a case study. Maybe we can do that tomorrow. We can go back and we can dig up all the games in December and we can look at them because his December record is really good. I'm wondering if that's noise. I'm wondering if that's fluky. I'm wondering what that is. Hector in Onalaski says, so just a fun little activity for your slow news day. Which of these namesakes would you start your NFL franchise with? D-line Sam Adams. I don't even know who that is. Wide receiver Devontae Adams, safety Jamal Adams. J.J. T.J. Watt. Not J.J. or T.J. Watt. Quarterback Geno Smith. Wide receiver Devonta Smith or D-line Preston Smith. Give me Devonta Smith. He's awesome. Center Jason Kelsey or tight end Travis Kelsey. I'd take the tight end. I see what you're doing. The names. We can come back to that, Hector. Sorry, I got ranting about your Ravens in that game last year. Let's take a break. Three minutes. We'll come back, wrap up our Packers conversation, and then we'll get back into the Badgers at 5 o'clock. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show, Mike Clements at 5.30. Going to talk Packers-Dolphins. Aaron Rodgers has a knee injury, I guess. Although it says no worries about his availability for Sunday. That's pro football talk. Mr. Mike Florio just tweeted that out. So we'll talk about that with Mike. Preview the Vikings. I think this is a huge week for Matt LaFleur's coaching prowess. This season hasn't been great. They've had a lot of things go wrong. Now, some of that is under Matt LaFleur's control, but some of that is, hey, your quarterback played terribly this week, like in Detroit, or your defense couldn't get a stop in New York or against Washington, right? Hey, your best pass rusher got hurt and your best player on defense and probably one of your best three or four players on the team. That's outside of the control of Matt LaFleur, and I totally get that. But Matt LaFleur has not done one thing that impresses me all season. I've been impressed. I've been blown away. My socks have been on my feet my entire season with Matt LaFleur. However, this week, if Matt LaFleur is a good coach, he takes these circumstances, keeps his team focused, gets them more dialed in, gets them more intense. Everyone sharpens their focus and starts playing their best ball. An immature coach or an immature team would get starry-eyed, start to feel themselves, start to look ahead, look at the standings, get distracted by the playoff picture. I'm interested to see which way the Packers go under Matt LaFleur's coaching. 
We'll know on Sunday. Brett in lacrosse, 608-796-2558. What's up, Brett? What's up, sir? How's it going? Oh, it's going good. Uh, this guaranteed rate bull was just a thrill, and we're going to talk about that more at 5 o'clock. I love that. And uh, the Packers are back. So yeah, dumb. Sure. So dumb. I lost. I had a 250 bet on the over. On the over so of the dumb. guaranteed rate bull? That's where you, you bet your family's yeah, the money? Over, the yeah, over, the over was like 44. And I was like, oh, there's no way we don't hit that. I, I yep. suppose. So I, much for that. I'm, no, I'm no betting man. I'm not here to... I'm not here to criticize you. Betting on the guaranteed rate bull seems like a risky proposition, but more power to you. Yeah, yeah. well, it was it was it was a free bet anyway. So oh, okay, okay. Well, then what the hell? It was a free two fifty. Uh, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah why not? The, that kind of fits the mold of the bull. Eh, whatever. It's a bull. We, no one cares really. Let's just have fun. Yeah. All right. I love it. Well, and I didn't know, you know, with who's going to be playing and coaching and everything that was changing. I couldn't take one or the other, even on the money line or. Yeah on the spread of Wisconsin winning by four and a half because yeah. you, you just never know. You don't know. No. So, and I, anyway, I, I, I was know, like, whatever the overall we've talked about this for too long already. Uh, what did you call to talk about Brett? Was it the Packers? I'm assuming. Yeah, let's do it. We're getting hot. Okay. It's going to be awesome. Okay. I just can't wait. And then, and then I can't wait for the perfect scenario to come along where we face the Vikings in the playoffs and we eliminate them. That does sound very nice. I'm not going to lie. Where they are, the, where they are a three seed. Yes, and we are a six. I'm not. I, I see. I like. I believe that my team should. I don't want the Packers looking at the playoff picture. I haven't looked at the playoff picture one week at a time. I'm focused on going one and zero this week. Yeah, that's true. That's where we got to beat the on. idiots this weekend. I must say, I do like being in the underdog position against. The Vikings in this rivalry. Normally, it's the Packers, and we're expected to win. And if it, we don't win, it's embarrassing because we're the Packers. I, I like this the other way around. My team is now the team with nothing to lose in this rivalry, and that's kind of fun. Aren't we favored though? Yeah, but the Vikings are having the good season. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I just like seeing seeing the Vikings lose, whether it's against the Packers or whoever. No, who does? It's just it brings so much joy. Oh, same. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, it's mine too. Just the whining. It's great. Rain, um, raindrops on anyway, roses. That's, 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 whiskers that's on That's all kittens, I got going on. Uh, white copper kettles and warm woolen mittens and watching the Vikings lose. Those are some of my favorite things. Yep. Yep. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Oh, but, um, yeah, so we got we got that. We got uh, the Badgers are going to be crazy next year uh, once we get fully in-depth with Fickle. Is it and, job to lose at quarterback? Uh, I don't think he's got the job regardless. Well, no, that's not what I'm. That's not what I'm saying. It's not his. I'm saying it's his to lose. Meaning Evers has to now come in and unseat him. Um, yes, but I don't. I don't think the plan is for him to be QB one anyway. So Evers, I, 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 I agree he, with you on that. I agree. I think he just came in to play the bowl game uh, to make people happy because we had nobody else. And oh, one of the three or four transfers coming in are going to immediately step right in. Okay, so I we're on a different page. Brett, I have to take a break. I appreciate hearing from you, though. Have a great new year. Talk to you next yeah. year. Sounds good. Brett in lacrosse. Okay, so we're not on the same page. We're, we're talking in circles. I think, in at least half of my heart, that this is Chase Wolf's job to lose. Evers is coming in. He is a green, unproven freshman. You got to unseat this guy. I don't think they're going to hand over this job to Evers. And maybe 
maybe here's what I'm doing. Maybe I'm taking last night's performance and I'm and I'm and I'm using it to try to make my point. My point and the point that I've heard from Badgers analysts on our network who I respect is that Evers is a nice prospect and it's great for the program that he's coming here, but he's green and he's unproven and he's probably not ready to lead a program, a winning program, a winning team in 2023. So I, believing that in my heart, watched last night's game and thought, perfect, Chase Wolf can be the guy next year to keep the seat warm and Nick Evers can prepare and develop and learn. Maybe that's not the situation. Maybe Chase Wolf is a career backup with the Badgers. And like Brett said, he is just the guy who came in to play the bowl game because we had no one else. Although we had Miles Burkett, and a lot of folks wanted to see Miles Burkett last night. We did not because Chase Wolf was too busy lighting it up for a quarter and a half. He started terrible, then looked like the best quarterback I've ever seen, and then was just meh. That is, I think, how you best summarize the Chafe, Chase Wolf experience. Chafe Wolf. <laughs> Uh, my butt was chafed because I was in my recliner far longer than I wanted to be. That game took forever. Chafed wolf. Let's take a break. We'll come back. I want to talk more about the guaranteed rate bull and about the Badgers quarterback situation, both last night and next season and what it looks like. You got a transfer coming in. You got Chase Wolf, Burkett. Who knows what his role is here? Who knows? Let's take some more calls, some more texts, and we'll talk about the Badgers quarterback position coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. Then we'll get back to the Packers, I promise. Mike Clemens joins us at 5.30. First, an update on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Just thinking back on all, everything that we went through. We ended exactly the way we wanted to. We just happened to get the win. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Ah, it's the Wisco Sports Show. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening... Live in Madison on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. W-O-Z-N, W-A-Y-Y, W-K-T-Y. And always streaming live at MadCitySportsZone.com. Hour two, here we go on a Tuesday. Mike Clemens in a half hour to talk Packers-Vikings. Pack show. Pack show tonight. Joy Taylor alongside me. I'm the only one here. It would be a great two-person bit if there was someone else here. That bit probably was funny to like six people who are listening. But that's what we do on the Wisco Sports Show. We do bits and we do jokes, not just for the masses, but for the niche crowd as well. You get it. You get it all. I really just wanted to use Colin Cowherd's intro music. I mean, it's just, I see why he uses it. It kind of kicks ass. do that a dozen times before six o'clock tonight we're talking badgers <laughs> if this is coward's show it would be the caleb williams hour we're talking badgers and the guaranteed rate bowl and if you have a thought on the packers you can chime in as well but i do really want to talk about the bowl the badgers won last night 24 to 17 chase wolf looked terrible then he looked incredible then he was just fine that kind of sums it up if you didn't watch last night but chase wolf also announced i'm coming back for year six to which i said you've been here five years i had no idea. And I'm wondering, with Nick Evers coming in, green, unproven, untested, is this Chase Wolf's job to lose? Is he the assumed starter and someone has to unseat him? 
Is that the situation? I don't know. I'd love to talk about it. 608-796-2558. David is here. What's up, David? Hey, good afternoon and happy new year. You Too as early well. to say happy new year? No, not at all. No, Lord, no. Well, um, for the Packers to be favored in this game, mm-hmm. which really means because it's home field, yes. that they think it's a straight-up game, but you get three points for being at home, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't want to talk gambling. I don't want to talk point spreads. That's and fine. that last call was all the reasons why people, for their own sake, should not gamble. Well, I, I told Brett. I, I was like, Brett, we've we've been talking about this bet for like two minutes. I, I like I'll talk about whatever you guys want to talk about, but I I, I would rather hear about your fantasy football team than about sports betting. I, I feel like a small side note here, and maybe we're on a tangent here, David, but. You know what I miss? I miss being able to say, hey, did you see that game last night? Man, what a great game that was. That play in the third quarter. Ooh. But nowadays, in 2022 and soon to be 2023, as you said, did you see that game last night? Oh, yeah, I had 20 bucks on the over. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I, know. I, don't, it's, I don't care. <laughs> it's, it's just horrible that somehow that's become more important than cheering for your favorite team, loving the game. No, other, there are other issues of greater importance than winning and losing and cheering for your favorite team. Uh, but anyway, I, I mean, the one thing in terms of looking at Sunday, I think it's imperative that they have back either Bakhtiari or Nyman. That's fair. Yeah. They need at least one of those tackles back. And, I mean, God, it would be so wonderful if they have back Watson and Nixon. And, you know, you just don't know at this point in the season. But um, having the offensive line mostly intact and having the other two guys would make such a huge difference. I'm prepared to say Mm -hmm. that if if they don't have back at least two of those three players, uh, I think it could be a really long day for the Packers. And you just have to. I wish people would actually look at the entire body of work rather than looking at a game where they got four turnovers and, you know, three of them were gifts. Three of them were not based on so much on the Packers' abilities. They weren't takeaways by the Packers. They were giveaways. As others have said before me, oh. they were giveaways David. by a guy with a concussion. You by a guy a with a concussion. Oh, that's a good way. Because I, I agree with you, and we talked about the interceptions yesterday. I'm like, yeah, it's great that they got him, but they, they weren't, like, in tight coverage. It's not like they went and ripped the ball. Like, Jair wasn't close to Tyreek Hill. Right? Rasul Douglas was just kind of playing in space. It's a very freelancing defense. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I agree. I just don't really want to poo-poo the loss because they went down to Miami and won, and that was a hard game, and that was, I think, uh, between all Packers fans, thought of as the biggest hurdle from trying to win the rest of the games on the schedule, and they cleared it. So I'll, I'll be excited, but I totally hear where you're coming from, and the, the idea, the difference between takeaways and giveaways, that's, yes, 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 David. And thank you, thank you, thank you to the play caller who decided that they should stop running the ball oh, yeah. at 10 yards a crack. Uh, Raheem Mostert was right? carving us up, David. I mean, he was gutting us. Straight, it looked like it looked like him on the Niners all over again. 10 yards, 12 yards, 15 yards, easily. <sighs> anyway, anyway, let's uh, think happy thoughts 
And, of course, it would be great to beat the Vikings. I do think that while I think that that game is still the Vikings' Super Bowl, that their fan base would be so stoked if they knock the Packers out of the playoffs. Oh, yeah. That it, it's a huge game for them. And, of course, Zadarius would like to show us what a mistake we made by not re-signing him. There are just lots of reasons. And, and of course, how many guys are you going to put on Jefferson? I have no idea Not enough. how they're going to figure out how to, how to defend Jefferson and Cook. Yeah. But thank goodness it's not my problem. I have uh, I have my own clients and their problems to worry about. I can't worry about this. No, I, I got you, David. we got bigger things to worry about. We certainly don't have time to worry about each other's bets. You have an outstanding night. I appreciate your calls. You too. Nice always. talking to you, as always. Happy <laughs> yeah. New Year. Happy New Year. I'll talk to you next year, David. <laughs> yeah, I uh, agree with all of that. David, that was that was an outstanding call. Well done. Again, taking your thoughts on the Packers, yes. I would love to get some Chase Wolf takes flying around, if anyone would humor me. Tell me why Chase Wolf is not the incumbent as of this moment right now. I want a quarterback competition. You know what I want from the Badgers? I want good quarterbacks transferring out of Wisconsin because they can't get playing time. We were so tiptoey with Graham Mertz. Oh, Graham Mertz doesn't look like a superstar, but we can't bring in someone to compete with him because who knows, he might leave. He ended up transferring anyway. I want to bring in as much talent as possible. I want to bring in as many good guys as possible. And if Nick Evers can't knock out Chase Wolf in a quarterback competition, then Chase not Chase Evers, then Nick Evers shouldn't be starting next year. All right? Chase Wolf. He was slinging it a little bit last night. Hector not Alaska, 608-796-2558. What's up, Hector? When have... So this is kind of like the opposite of Jordan Love. You see Jordan Love do one series and, oh, it was a little wonky, but it looked pretty good, so let's crown him. Mm-hmm. But now Wolf, who did decent yeah. in a, with a new coach... So it's not like, you know, they he's been running this system the whole year. Yeah, and he's, he's, got, he's got two coaches. It's like a divorced yeah. child at two different crates. Like, which is the real right. Christmas? Which is, I mean, that's a tough situation. That's some adversity, Hector. Very. Right. And so you got this offseason to do it. He's, quote-unquote, the veteran. I think I'm a big believer in you bust your butt, you get the – job kind of a thing and he's been there for how many years now and he knows the pro the, you know he's he's I think he's the better option than a brand new guy who hasn't even thrown a football in on at the next level so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that and uh yeah I'm also with the previous caller good old Dave um Dave sounds like your stereotypical grandfather that you like. I had I had somebody a couple weeks ago to the say, holiday with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody a couple weeks ago said that it sounds like David has bodies in his basement. Dave sounds like the oh, just no. most run of the mill of all of the callers we have on this show. David is the least controversial, and yet people are always commenting on him. And I think that's fascinating. I don't know what that says about the show or about David, but I think that's so interesting. Yeah. Dave has a ton of bodies in his basement, all the bodies of his family and friends that love to come and see him because that's one stand-up <laughs> yeah. dude right there. Yeah, so, around a nice fireplace in his basement bar. That's where the bodies right. are. Exactly. Eating eating brown schwager and lutefisk probably because, oh. you know, he seems like old-timey guy. Cannibal sandwiches. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, this weekend's going to be tough. 
I see they're bringing Irving Smith, Irv Smith back from IR over in Minnesota. Not that that matters, that TJ pretty much took his job. Yeah. But I think it should just be a classic showdown. Put Jair, who you just gave a lot of money to on Jefferson. He's got safeties back there that can help if need be. It's, you know, that's one person to shut down. And if Jair is this dude, this is the money you gave him. He needs to play like it. And that makes it a lot easier for everyone else because you got one person locked on him, but, you know, zone is more uh, a Barry's thing, kind of a... But I do have... I am in the championship in my big money league looking to make about 800 bucks, and I did pick up Kirk Cousins, and I I may start him because I have Geno Smith and Lamar Jackson, and and I think Kirk Kirk just has the better option. So let me tell you, if you win these $800... What will you do? Because you know you got a family. You know you got you got mouths to feed, but you right. gotta get something for yourself. Treat yourself a little bit. If you want eight hundred bucks, what do you? What's your? What's your treat? What are you buying as a, as a fun thing for yourself? Yeah, I already told my wife, and this was a kind of like a two, like a double plan. I told her that I would need to be focused on the games because I'm in the championship. Yeah, which she agreed to after I told her that if I win the 800 bucks, I will take 300 of it and her and I will go on a trip without the kids. We'll pay a babysitter. We'll take off for three to five days and, uh, and do it. So I get the whole upstairs to myself this weekend. I've already been told I can watch any games that I want. I win the money. I also get a trip and I don't have to take the kids. Grant, I'm living life on cloud nine right now. So I just need to uh, pull the window. Just don't fly Southwest. It would be my recommendation. Right, I won't. Okay. I, I, I'm hoping for like a Packers win 35-30 just so I can get all the points that I need because I also have Aaron Jones. I gotcha. All right, more points. We can cheer for that, Hector. I appreciate the call. Yeah, you have a good rest of your year. And uh, you, you've you done great this year, Grant. Oh, you are by far my favorite show. Even oh. I even listen to the Pat McAfee show during the day because I can't listen to Jim Rome. And uh, you're 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 freaking killing it, dude. Too Good kind. stuff. Too kind, Hector. I appreciate your calls, your contributions. We'll be pulling for you. I think you're in a good spot starting Kirk Cousins because, you know, conventional thinking would say, well, Joe Barry's going to sit down and he's going to come up with a game plan to take away one guy. Are we going to focus on uh, uh, Justin Jefferson? Are we going to focus on Dalvin Cook? Are we going to focus on time? You know, let's scheme one guy out. The whole Bill Belichick approach. But you see what makes Joe Barry special is he doesn't scheme anyone or anything out. Like against the Dolphins. Oh, Waddle can go off. Hill can go off. Uh, Raheem Mostert can go off. Uh, but we won't let Mike Kosicki beat us. <laughs> Lord, no. Yeah. Like, they're going to get gashed by everyone on Sunday. I'm just, I'm just, no, God, I can't stand Joe Barry. Uh. All right, so we're talking Packers. I think this is a huge week for Matt LaFleur. Does his team rally around these reignited playoff chances? Does the team come together or do they start to watch the standings and start to lose focus? I'm very interested to see how this team operates this week as the circumstances and, and their, you know, relation to all the other teams in the playoff mix, it's kind of changed for the better. So we're talking about that and we're also talking about Chase Wolf, who looked halfway decent last night. I'm asking the question, is it now his quarterback job to lose in 2023? 608-796-2558 Vagabond John. What's up, Vagabond John? I've got three reasons why Dave is an excellent caller. Okay. Number one, he is here to pour cold water on how other people enjoy sports. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. you know, if Be they that. enjoy taking risks and investing themselves in the outcome of games, he'll pour cold water on it. Number Love two, it. 
when the host says, I would really like to talk about Badgers, and we're going to talk about Packers here in a couple segments, he did he's going to lead right he, in and let us know. David does not he give let a us know. damn. He doesn't care. He's, David wants to talk about he, what David wants hey, to talk about. And his take is if the Packers have their good players playing, they have a better chance of winning than if their good players don't play. Hey. Everybody listening. Now we know. Hey, to be fair, I did like his rule of thumb. If we get two of the three, if we can get two of Nixon, Watson, Nyman, I, that I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know what you're saying, but I, I do like his. I, I, the Packers do need two of those three, or three of the four, if you include Bakhtiari. They they can't miss all these guys this weekend, or they're really going to be in a bind. But yes, he I, did. I see what he you're did save it with the qualifier at the end, and then and then number three. Interceptions do not count as a as a point of skill or defensive scheme unless they come in man coverage. Because let me tell you what, if that linebacker drops into a zone where the quarterback doesn't see him, you know, I'm sitting on my couch and it looks like he threw it right to him. Well, that's just luck, right? There's no way that a zone defense can confuse a young quarterback who may or may not be concussed. But yeah. listen, I I was on Twitter on and I was driving on my way up to Hurley uh, on Twitter uh, during the Packer game, and then yep. I was driving back during the bowl game. So I was just like, nice. like yep. hey, what? why is the Red Sheds tweeting so much? Well, my fiancé is driving. I'm sitting in the passenger seat. I got oh. nothing else to do. Anyway. Fiancé was driving. That, that <laughs> yeah. was an important detail. Thank you for providing us with that part. Yeah, ex- exactly. But, you know, everybody's hating on the defense in the first half. I'm like, listen, guys, are you ready to crown Joe Barry as the best defensive coordinator in terms of in-game adjustments because he went from the worst in the league to suddenly people were singing his praises in about an hour. So I don't know. Well, it does um, help when the opposing quarterback gets kicked off. But yes, I see what you're saying. Uh, to get back on topic, Chase Wolf, I think his comment after the game kind of sets the tone for the offseason and also reminds, like, reminds us like what these kids are in school to mostly do mostly play football, but a big reason of why they're there is to get their degree. And Chase Wolf's quote when he said, I have the rest of my life to work. Yeah. I'm coming back for another year of college football. God bless him. That spoke to me so hard because this man absolutely knows. We all watch Blue Mountain State, right? That backup quarterback, he had the best life ever. Yeah. Why would you give that up? And so to answer your question, is he fighting for the starting job? I don't think he cares. If I were to ask him tomorrow, I don't. Maybe he wins it. If he wins it, sure, I'm sure he'll be excited about it. But I don't think he's going in with that mindset when he when he says something like, mm, "I got the rest of my life to work." He's not building towards an NFL future. He's thinking, "Hmm, I can take my time, coast for another year with these classes, get my degree, and get you some, know, get live the life that a student athlete lives." Crush some root beer and pizza yeah. in the KK club, as Dave in Monona would say. As a John, I've always been a little jealous of people named Chase. I got to feel like it's just easier, you know? The movies make it seem like if your name's Chase and you're a football player, I mean, come on, you know? They're fishing with that nice bait from the shop that, that's on the top shelf. Yeah. I'm sitting here down here with my can of corn, you know? Hey, <laughs> you're, fish you're, wants to bite, you, nibble on my corn. You're a musician, though. You play the drums. Do drummers get ladies? How does that work? Tell me about that. Uh, yeah, uh, the re- no, drummers and bass players <laughs> I was don't. Say, because- yeah, uh, no. 
at the end of the show, we're busy hauling all the heavy equipment. Yeah. And then by the time, you know, we're wrapped up and we got everything in the trailer, we go back in. The bartender says, all right, last call. Everybody get out. Oh. Meanwhile, you know, the singer and the guitar player put away their two pieces of equipment and they're at the bar talking it up and, and having themselves a good time. But That's terrible. Guitar players are the worst. I, I do want to say I did not mean to come out quite as aggressive on listener and listener violence. Uh, oh, I realized no. that that was pretty... It built up a little bit uh, during the middle call. Hector from Alaska, he's a good caller. Hector, Hector, I, I like Hector because he's like Luka Doncic and then he operates at his own pace. When Hector tells me about something that's not really relevant to the show, I listen. I'm like, no, this is important because Hector <laughs> presents it in a way. He's like, I'm out driving FedEx down here. It has nothing to do with anything, but Hector, like he operates at his own pace and he says something if he thinks it's important. And that, as a result, makes it important to the show. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's good. You have a great diversity on the show. That's why I try to tune in most days. And, uh, yeah, very excited. This is going to be the most exciting offseason for Wisconsin football. I know college football is fairly low on the tier now that uh, the Badgers are done. But there's going to be a lot of news. There's going to be a lot of things. There's going to be a lot of interesting pieces to dissect, uh, kind of like the baseball offseason. So uh, I look forward to staying tuned. I appreciate you, John. We'll, we'll have more conversations about football. i got to get to Mike Clemens here in a bit. Sounds good, Grant. Later. Vagabond John. Uh, yeah, I need a Badger basketball game right now. Like, uh, like what? Uh, I need a, I don't know. Normally, I'm clever enough to come up with something. I need a, I need, no, we're not taking a break until I get one. I need a Badger basketball game right now. Like, uh, um. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, Mike Clements, in just a couple minutes. This has got to be a quick segment. Been talking a little Badgers, little Packers, whatever you want to chat about. And I'm mostly talking to Mike and Eau Claire, who's on the phone. Mike, we only got time for one call before Mike Clemens. And you're the guy. What's going on? How well, was your Christmas? I'm I'm honored. My Christmas was great. I, you got to ask me what I got for Christmas. Well, what did you get? What was your best gift? My beautiful daughter, Bethany, bought me tickets on the 50-yard line for the Packer-Viking game. I'm going to be that idiot in the Packer-Zubas. Jumping around, I can't wait. I got face paint, one half of my face is going to be green. It's going to be terrific. Ooh. I'm putting all my fandom into Packers beating the Vikings this weekend. Are you taking going to be her epic. with you to the game? Are you taking her? Well, yeah, she's taking me and another son and her husband, so the four of us are going. Ooh. It's it's going to be great. I'm going to do the Packer tour the night before. And just, you know, the only thing that could make it bad is if the Vikings win. But I, I'm so excited. I mean... Last weekend was the best week of all time sports. All four things had to happen for the Packers to go forward. They won. And I know everybody's talking about those interceptions, but an interception's an interception. You know what I mean? They they were there. I, so I mean yeah. I, you know what I mean, were they giveaways, takeaways, I don't care. The final score was the Packers ahead, and that's that's all that counts. I'm not gonna get stuck into that the Packers can't do it. The Vikings have won eleven games by a less than a, a point or two. We just got to keep them down when we get them down, and I think we're going to win. I'm really excited. Well, Mike, now you have me feeling great about this game. Have you done the the Packers tour at Lambeau before? Yeah, a few times. I love it. I did it with Antonio Freeman. That was great. Just to talk to Antonio Freeman and how he did the catch 
Oh, that was that was great. That was a that's a goosebump when I talk about it. But I wanted to just say two things real quick. Yes. What's I mean. your chances? Because I really respect your twenty four years of football knowledge. You're incredible. Okay. What do you think is the chances that Hackett will come back and just maybe be an offensive, you know, in there above? Because the, he was really close to Aaron Rodgers before he left. Hackett's got some good things as an offensive coordinator. And my other question is, what do you think about maybe Devontae Adams coming back now that they've benched his uh, his college quarterback, his best buddy there? Um, what do you think if he just doesn't call it quits in the desert next fall and comes back, I mean, this year, and next fall he's back with the Packers? Well, they just gave him that. that's a pipe dream, or what do you think? Well, they just gave him that new deal. Like, I, what's his recall? I, I don't know. What is he going to demand another trade? He just got there. I, man, I don't know what he would yeah. do, but I'd be bummed if I were him. I'm like, wait, so I came out here, the goal is to play with my college quarterback, and now the team's benched him? Yeah. I, I know. What do you think? Maybe if he can get out of it somewhere. I know we could pay a lot to get him back. I'd just like to have him back one more year. I mean, I didn't think he was that important until we don't have him. But now I'm like, wow, he's amazing. I he mean, it's just it, like... He makes it I, easier for everyone else. I think that's what I didn't right. grasp is... Rodgers had other guys open and ignored them, but they were open because the defense was paying so much to Devontae Adams. You know, when all the other guys left, when James Jones left, when uh, Greg Jennings left, when even um, number 87, like Jordy Nelson left, it was like, yeah, he was gone, but we didn't seem to miss him that much. But, boy, we're missing Jordy. I mean, <laughs> not Jordy. We're missing uh, we're missing Devontae. I just, uh, it would be great. What do you think about Nathaniel Hackett coming back to the Packers? I don't as know. A, a maybe a here's, here's, offense coordinator. Here's what I'll do. Here's what I'll do for you, Mike. Here's here's what we'll do. Mike Clements is going to join us next. And Mike Clements has talked to these guys. He's been in locker rooms and he kind of understands the churn of the NFL. I, on Hackett, think why not? I think this is a great question to ask Mike Clements coming up next. I will defer to his knowledge as you have tried to defer to mine. All right. Well, so look at me. I'm going to be the crazy guy jumping around to the Packers Zuba at the game. I'm going to try to get out of camera. Go Pack. Thank you, Mike. Enjoy the game (laughs) if I don't talk to you. Mike. All right. Thank you. You have a great week. Yeah, you too. That's Mike and Eau Claire. I do have to take a break uh, because I'm going to get to Mike, and I don't want him to call, and I'm like, yeah, Mike, we we got five minutes, so we're back. Let's get Mike Clemens, and we'll talk about that. Uh, And Mike and Eau Claire's return to Lambeau next weekend. This is thrilling. More of the Wisco Sports Show in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you're having an awesome night. The Bucks play tonight, don't they? Hold on. Let me check. ESPN Bucks. I have a really weird memory. Uh, I remember songs. I remember conversations. I remember things that happened on the show. Don't ask me to remember a number because I've already forgotten it. And don't ask me to remember days. Well, they play the Bulls tonight. That's right. Yep. So we got that to watch. And Wednesday. See, I didn't work on Monday, so I'm all turned around. Big NBA slate tonight, which would be nice. Luka Doncic also did something last night. He went for 60, 20, and 10. Something we've never seen before. That might just have to find its way into the NBA lounge tomorrow. I don't want to make any guarantees. I don't want to spoil. But it seems like we should maybe discuss that in the NBA lounge tomorrow. And I think, I think, I have a way to connect Luka Doncic and Aaron Rodgers. And the team building 
necessary for the front offices that employ Luka Doncic and Aaron Rodgers. And this is an on-field, this is not an off-field drama thing. I, I know you're all going to go home tonight and think about this and take it, take it seriously. That might be in the NBA Lounge tomorrow. I'm excited. There's a lot of good games tonight, and hopefully the Bucks get a nice win. Down in Chicago, I saw Zach Levine, or not Zach Levine, but I saw Alex Caruso isn't playing. Big Grayson Allen revenge spot here for the Chicago fans. 608-796-2558. I thought we were going to have Mike Clemens tonight, uh, and I have not heard from the man. He's very busy, and whatever. I'm a host. We can pivot. We can just take more calls and talk about Mike and Eau Claire's uh, Nathaniel Hackett take. I got no problem. I just, I wonder what I did to Mike. He, we didn't talk on Tuesday because he wanted to do Wednesday and Friday, and then I haven't heard from the guy. Again, I'm sure something came up. Now, if that something is crushing beers with Bill Michaels right now and getting ready for the huddle, well, then I then I need to have some words with Bill. Leave some Clemens for the rest of us, unit, would you? Hogging all the mic for the huddle, and not the microphone, not this microphone. You're hogging all the mic, Clemens. Leave some for the rest of us. I'm sure Mike will be on the huddle tonight. So if you want to hear Clements and his takes on Sunday's game and what's coming on against the Vikings this weekend, Mike Clements be on the huddle. No one cares, but uh, the UWL Eagles just held on to beat Augustana 73-70. to I may have been watching during the show. I don't know if that's professional. I, I like to challenge myself and watch games well, broadcasting about games. So I just humble brag. Go Eagles. Wyack basketball is the best. So I thought, again, we were going to talk to Mike Clements, and we must not be. Maybe we'll get him tomorrow or Friday. Where should we go from here? I, I, I've just taken the temperature of the room. People are more amped up to talk Packers. I was hoping that there would be some Chase Wolf juice tonight. There was a little, but there wasn't a lot. That's fine. So I think we should talk about the Packers. Right before we took that last break, Mike in Eau Claire asked, hey, would Nathaniel Hackett maybe consider coming back to Green Bay? Because we've had some like some weird, uh, maybe not secondary, but but weird like, Packers stories that aren't related to the Packers. So Derek Carr has been benched. That's today. That affects Devontae Adams. So once again, we're kind of thinking about that trade again. And earlier this week, Nathaniel Hackett was fired by the Broncos. So people, especially Mike and Eau Claire, who we just talked to, are wondering maybe he would come back to Green Bay. Speaking of Mike's, we got him. Mike Clements. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Sorry, he's a late locker room. When we just got out of there, and it was hard to see what time is. I don't know how these guys make it to meetings on time because the clock is so small. Really? In the corner of the TV screen. I figured maybe it was on Lombardi time, and maybe that would get you messed up. But I guess then you'd call 15 minutes early instead of 15 minutes late. So I guess that that wouldn't play. But no, late locker room. So you you were talking to guys and, and speaking after practice. I feel like I... Throughout the last couple of weeks, I keep seeing tweets, and it seems like they're talking with the media later and later. Rogers used to do it at like two in the afternoon, and now I've seen it at like four thirty, five thirty recently. They they shifted this meeting, and I think he actually had something to do with it. Where uh, now they have their Wednesday practice, and they're doing an install of the game plan, mm-hmm. and then they come in, and I don't even know if they have time to take a shower. They they go straight to this post Wednesday practice. And then you start to see the special teams guys trickle out a little bit, and then the defensive guys. And today we waited about an hour, hour and ten minutes. And then the last guys coming out of the meeting usually are the quarterbacks. So, you know, but it's it's that here's what we did, here's the mistakes, here's what we need to correct going in tomorrow morning's practice, and they do it right after that practice. Well, I guess it's fresh in everybody's memory. And uh, so that's it. So, you know, we stood around the locker for an hour today. Uh, but, you know, 
Okay, chats with you know, how tough it was for some of the reporters to get back and forth from Miami. Yeah. Where, what airports they got hung up with, those kinds of stories. I sent one little clip, if you're able to yeah. get that. Um, I got it. Uh, yeah. In a second here. Yep. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I, speaking of Aaron, you know, the, the big news is today he did not practice. Yeah. Um, today, uh, Christian Watson was out there but did not participate. He's got a hip injury. Keyshawn Nixon, the great returner, uh, is dealing with a groin injury, and he walked. I mean, I saw him walking in the locker room really slow today. He's, and it was something that he was actually dealing with last week. He was on the injury report, and maybe he, uh, you know, aggravated it with the 94-yard kickoff return, uh, or a few plays after that when he had to pull himself out of the game. So that's going on. David Bakhtiari uh, participated a little bit in practice today. He's limited, okay. but that's the first time that he's been on the grass since he had the appendectomy uh, almost a, a month ago, I guess. Hey, quickly, uh, not to interrupt you, when you've watched Bakhtiari practice, can you tell, like, when you watch him practice, is it reflective of his status? Like, when you watch him some days, you're like, oh, no way he's going to play, and then some days he looks great? Or is it just kind of baseline and he's always kind of doing the same thing no matter his injury status? Does, is it reflected in practice, or is it always kind of much of the same? It's hard in season because basically we get to watch them do uh, you know warm ups. I mean, get physically ready to prepare to you know calisthenics, if you will. Yeah. And then one period after that, Lafleur keeps it very tight. So we got to watch you know receivers go out for passes. I mean, I actually put that up on you know Twitter today, or we can put another one up uh, in just a minute here at the Mike Clemens NFL. And uh, and then you know and you're basically there to take attendance. So in terms of an offensive lineman doing one-on-one, by that time they have kicked you out and you don't really see oh. if the guy was there during team drills. I suppose. You know, if he was there for 11-on-11, 11 11, uh, and you have to wait until the injury report comes out whether or not he was a limited participate or a full participation. But if it's full, then that means that well, you're, that means you're pretty close to being game ready. I got you. So one other injury that they had then was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Yash Diamond, the right tackle, despite his shoulder injury, was out there limited today. Uh, so I, that means that maybe they don't have to do something dra- dramatic like move Zach Tom from left tackle to right tackle this time. Maybe they'd keep Royce Newman out there like he played in the Dolphins game. Um, is Aaron Rodgers did not practice. And so, sort of a surprise, maybe not so much. There was a play uh, shortly before halftime during the second quarter. Packers had the ball. And Rodgers came out of a big pileup uh, where he was, I think he was trying to run the ball a little bit up the middle. Mm-hmm. And you saw him hobble and like, you know, wow. Uh, and sure enough, it's, uh, I, I remember the play happening, but it's, he seemed to be okay for the second half of the game. He said it started to swell up and he had some fluid and a knee injury that was a result of being at the, you know, the wrong place at the wrong time, a bottom of a pile of four or five 300 pound guys. And he says he's learned over the years how you kind of, you're like a Houdini in the middle of those things. You know, you bend and torque your body to try and go with the flow as the guys are piling up. Yeah. Uh, so that you don't have something snap, whatever. So you're, you're, you're facing this Vikings team that had the incredible, was a 33-point comeback over the Colts. And, and, you know, kicked a 61-yarder to beat a tough Giants team last weekend. So they, they don't... The, the Vikings are fighting so that they don't have to go and play the 49ers 
out, you know, in Santa Clara. That's yep. basically what their motivation is, right? So here's the two questions that I had for Aaron Rodgers today. Six and a half weeks ago, you correctly predicted, well, this team was probably going to be underdogs for a while. This week, you're favored. What's your biggest concern facing this Vikings team that seems to have a talent playing it right down the last play of the game? Yeah, they've had an amazing uh, record, 11-0 against uh, in one-score games. Uh, that's the league, you know. You win those games, you're going to be playoff bound. Struggle or break even, you're going to be, you know, struggling or find yourself at home in, in uh, January. So they've done a great job of that, winning games the last second. I think they've won like six in the last uh, play of the game, something like that. Uh, so obviously he had uh, you know, play really well in crunch time. On defense, Rashawn was having such a great season. Preston is being productive. But how much has this team missed Zadarius Smith this year? Mm, I mean, he didn't play a whole lot for us in the previous year. He played real well in the playoff game against San Fran. But um, Z basically played the first game about, I don't know how many snaps. It wasn't the whole game. And then uh, he didn't play till the playoffs. So uh, we didn't get a real healthy Z for most of the season. Interesting. I, I don't know. Do you become more scared of a team that wins all these one close games? Like you asked him what worries him most, and he kind of just, you know, regurgitated the state of affairs with the Vikings. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell if that worries him or or if maybe he thought that that's a fluky thing because you can kind of read the Vikings as either a good thing or a bad thing with all those close wins. I think it's Aaron Rodgers being a company man there. I yeah. You know, in 2019, Matt Fleur comes to town. Gutekinds goes out and pulls off this free agency deal where he brings Adrian Amos. He brings in the Smith brothers in Preston and Zadarius Smith. And uh, and Zadarius in the offseason uh, holds a big barbecue and just brings the team together. And he's this big, loud, boisterous personality. And they go on, you know, to NFC championships for the next couple of years. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember Aaron saying, you know, we never had a guy like this around. Or it's been a long time. So you go to that, to me saying, you know, I, don't, I would think he would say, yeah, we miss the guy's personality, whatever. And all he does is basically say, yeah, you know, we didn't miss him at all last year. Interesting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that answer to me is almost like asking about, uh, hey, how's the Mari Rogers coming along? He says, I don't know, he's our return man. That's all I got for you. Yeah, sometimes it's a very weird thing, Mike. And maybe you can speak to this because you're in the locker room and you talk to these guys. It's always bizarre to me when a player like Darius Smith is a Packer for a year, two, three, however long, seems to embrace it, seems to love it. And then when it comes time to part ways, it's like, well, it's never great. I never liked being here. I, I, I can't wait to come. You know what I mean? It, these guys realize that it's a business, but it it's tough, right? These guys do, you know, they take these things personally. Darius Smith never seemed unhappy when he was here. And yet when it came time to part ways, it's like he couldn't wait to get out and he couldn't wait to play against the Packers and rub their face in it. Uh, as as great as he seemed to be during the regular season and a motivator, and remember he had those different kinds of T-shirts that after he got his first sack in a game, he'd yeah. reveal his slogan. I mean, all that stuff. Um, that's all good stuff. That's good football. That's good defense. That's good defensive football. But where was he in the 49ers game, you know, where Raheem Mostert's running past him? Um, he didn't seem to have his hair on fire like you would expect from no. that highly paid of a player in some of those playoff games. And then last year, between what Zadarius Smith has said once he arrived in Minnesota 
and the limited things we got out of Brian Gutekunst, it's like, you know, the team thought he could go through the season without surgery. He got outside, you know, uh, advice to say, no, go to L.A. and get some surgery, which he did. So he kind of went against what the team's recommendation was health-wise, missed the whole year. And, you know, Rahe, uh, uh, Rashad Gary clearly was going to the next level. And at some point, I think the Packers just had to say, you know what, we're not putting that much money into the outside linebacker position. We'll, we'll do it with Gary and with Preston Smith, and you know, we'll, we'll let, see well, what happens with other guys coming up. Well, and Mike, what I've realized with the Bakhtiari contract, and, and you know, last week we talked about extensions on the show, and you know, who the Packers historically have extended and who they've let walk. And I think when you're paying a lot of money to a quarterback, and the Packers have been for years, right, you just need to be more careful. You would rather let a good player go than be stuck with a horrible contract. And I think when you're paying your quarterback a certain percentage of the cap, you need to operate like that, and that means that you need to let good guys go, and they're probably going to be miffed by it. Maybe the other thing that happened to Zardes Zedarius was the medical for the Packers said, uh, I wouldn't spend what you're supposed to pay this guy, you know, for yeah. the next year sure. with that kind of a back injury. And, you know, he's proved them wrong. By being available, I think he, I don't know if he's missed a game yet. I know he's been NFC Defensive Player of the Week a couple of times this season with the sacks that he's had. So it'll be very interesting to see how those two teams square off again this coming weekend, um, you know, here at 325 at Lambeau Field. Can I pick your brain on two things that are only slightly kind of related to the Packers real quick before Absolutely. we have a couple minutes? So number one, let's talk about Hackett being let go in Denver and maybe what he does next. So what can you, from your interactions with Hackett, what can you tell us about Denver's decision to let him go and maybe what he does next? I've had a couple calls wondering if maybe he'd come back to Green Bay. I'm surprised that Russell Wilson is such a jerk. I'm surprised and, he's playing you know, so bad. My God, I, I'm not I've a big guys, game, but... Oh. You and I both know guys that covered him at Wisconsin. I've been to Seahawk Super Bowls where... You know, there's two guys out there, Russell Wilson. Another one is Matt Ryan. Yep. Where if you were at the Falcons when Matt LaFleur was a quarterback coach, when you're down there um, at Flowery Branch, which I have been two or three times, you're talking to Matt Ryan like, an, like Aaron Rodgers. Like, this is the speaker of the week. And then all of a sudden, Julio Jones walks by, and reporters literally turn and walk away. Hey, thanks, Matt. Because Julio Jones was the man. The man, yeah, yeah. For yeah. the Atlanta Falcons. And then you would be at the Super Bowl covering the Seahawks, and there would be tables of seven or eight different players. And so guys are spaced out. But, you know, a lot of people want to talk to Richard Sherman. A lot of people want to talk to Cam Chancellor. Legion of Boom. And then there's, yeah. you know, maybe 15 guys around Russell Wilson. And Russell's doing his thing, and he's taking questions, and he's answering, you know, in, in his way, and he's got a man of faith and all that. And then all of a sudden, Marshawn Lynch wanders in. And all of it, and it looks like those old movies from the 30s or 40s where the media rushes into the phone booth, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 150 people, grown adults that cover the NFL at the Super Bowl, run across the room like children to get around them just to have this guy for 15 minutes say, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah. So, so I, saw, I saw Russell Wilson as humble and as relatable, at least to the media, as a teammate, as a player to know what his role was uh, all those years with the Seahawks. and uh, But as a quarterback, I think he just got into himself like, you know what, I'm going to scramble, I'm going to play whatever I want to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step outside of the offense. 
And I see that, that Hackett couldn't handle that. I also think, and I was almost going to ask Rogers this question today. At the last second, I, I backed off because the timing wasn't right. Because, nice. you know, Aaron talked today for 23 minutes. Yeah. But the bottom line is, I want to say to Aaron Rodgers is, do you appreciate the character of the guys that the Packers bring in, which maybe makes make you say, thank God I didn't go to Denver? Yeah. Because the Broncos have turmoil going on right now that nobody can fix. Yeah, it's a mess. And Russ, I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's been overrated the last couple of years, but he's supposed to be better than this. One last thing. We got two minutes. We got we to gotta do this in two minutes. Raiders bench Derek Carr, and I haven't – I'm looking at a video right now that was posted a few minutes ago about Adams being questioned about it. He doesn't look happy, and he's wearing a Fresno State hoodie. Uh, what do you think about the benching of Derek Carr by the Las Vegas Raiders? I don't know anything about the kid that they're going to start. I yeah. don't. I, Nobody what's, does. Where's he from? Jarrett Stidham? Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. Well, My he, gut? Came, he came from New England, right? He was maybe thought of the, as the guy who's going to take over Brady. That's all I know about him. My gut is that right after what the Broncos did, that Josh McDaniel is in panic mode, and he's throwing Derek Carr under the bus to try and buy himself some time because their season's over with, yeah. right? And, and he's trying to buy some time with Mark Davis. I think Mark Davis is, is just like Jim Ursay. He's knee-jerk. He's ready to make a bold move. And, you know, he, he could fire Josh McDaniel tomorrow and just say, it's the coach is the problem, yeah. that this is a great roster and it, blah, 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 blah. So my gut is it's not just because, you know, the, the car can't complete passes or can't read defenses or whatever. Um, I, I got to think that it's a head coach who – can't figure out how to pull this all together, and so he's trying to buy some time for a couple of weeks right, to show man. something to Mark Davis. Yeah, you got to do something. I get it. Well, I appreciate you hopping on, and sorry the pressers took a little long. Don't worry about this. If you have time to join us, and if you can't, we're just fine too. I can take calls and yell about the Badgers bowl game or something. Do you want to talk on Friday? Uh, absolutely. Let's talk at the same time, and that way, because we'll, we'll get the Friday locker room for you, and sometimes. We get the best stuff at the end of the week and previewing what should be a huge and fun game to watch Sunday afternoon here. I can't wait. Thanks, Mike. I'm glad we got you for a few. Appreciate it, Grant. Thank you, man. Yeah, have a good one. That's Mike Clemens on Twitter, at Mike Clemens NFL. Let's take one last break. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.